Hey guys, welcome to Know Your Gear number 77. Uh, it's Friday, August the 10th. And before we get started, just a quick shout out to uh, some of the patrons. James Biles, Robert Brooks, Tim Camacho, Robert Hodges, Steve Penna, Paul Ostrick, Michael Lindner, Joe Watson, Gregor, Jonathan Pickering, and Bob Pickwode. And uh, like I said, every week we'll do a few, uh, to mention a few more of these uh, amazing people who sponsor the channel. Us, us Also, of course... You guys, you guys watching right now. You guys are sponsoring too by watching this thing uh, and uh, hanging out. So um, let's see what you guys got going on. See what questions you have. And also uh, let's see uh, what's going on this week. Seems like a pretty crazy fun week. It seems like um, it. Uh, hopefully everybody's heat waves are kind of subsiding. Looks like the whole world was getting cooked. <laughs> so uh, what do you guys got? I saw one question already that was kind of fun. Uh, but I didn't see where it is now. Somebody asked me, what do I think of Rickenbackers? Uh, Rickenbackers, sorry, Rickenbackers. Um, I, I like Rickenbacker guitars. Um, I actually owned one for a while. I love the way they sound. You know, I'm a Tom Petty fan for sure. And that's one of the people that I, that I kind of remember playing one that loving the way it sounded, but, uh, the neck was kind of small for me. Yeah. It was a ton, Tundi Bruin. Uh, said I had a Rickenbacker 462. Think it looked like a, a 4002. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a great guitar, and uh, it just didn't get a lot in the rotation. And I bought it used. I want to say for fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars, and that was a lot of money to have invested in a guitar I wasn't using as much. Um, that's what happens with guitars sometimes. Is now I've kind of rethought my strategy. It used to be if I didn't use a guitar, it meant have to go. I realize now, now it's got to be, if I don't like the guitar, it's got to go. What happens is sometimes when you don't use a guitar, you think, okay, well, this money's tied up to this thing and, uh, you know, it's not getting value. So it's time to move on. But what I've learned is, is that sometimes, you know, you get in that mood again to, to want that guitar back. And, uh, sadly enough, in most cases, you're going to pay more the second time around than the first time. So sometimes it's a good idea to hold on to those guitars. But what I did in the meantime is right there, if you can't see, I have that, uh, that Dane Electro, and uh, that's kind of my Rickenbacker sound right now. That's that's how I get that kind of uh, that sound. It's not the same, but it gives you the the same thing. All right, what else do you guys got? What else is going on? Um, anyone find anything cool? New gear, new exciting stuff, new music. Uh, let's see, guys, what do we got? All right, here's a question. AB Music and More says, Phil bought an Epiphone Les Paul standard yesterday for the first uh, Les Paul, my first Les Paul. Was wondering if you had a recommendation for a good pickup upgrade uh, for a good price. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know what? Don't forget used pickups. Uh, that's another good value out there. Um, I like for that guitar, you can go with a Seymour Duncan, like 59s. Those are good, 59 set. You can go with the Seymour Duncan, uh, maybe a 59 in the neck and a Pearly Gates in the bridge. That's a great set. Uh, and DiMaggio, again, I like the PAFs. I'm more of a traditional kind of Les Paul person. So I like Les Pauls. I like something that's close to the original pickups. One of the things that's really great, and again, you can pick them up. There's a bunch on my Craigslist right now. Sometimes you can find actual Gibson Les Paul pickups uh, and uh, and put those in there too. Classic 57s. Now, everybody's got a different, you know, kind of preference. I like the Classic 57. I like the Burst Brucker. I'm not a big fan of the Burst Brucker Pro, but I've had good experiences with those. But again, I definitely prefer Burst Brucker over the Pros. Um, what is it? The... Uh, 
what are the numbers? The 489 or the four, whatever the 400 number is. Uh, I've had good luck with those as well. Um, some people, again, don't like those as much, but I like them fine. Again, anything that's in the the, the lower output. But, uh, you know, if you're trying to keep the price right, sometimes not only Seymour Duncan's more fairly priced in the market, but uh, used. Again, you can find those. Just make sure you have enough lead to, uh, to solder them in yourself. Okay, uh, Mike Mooney says, hey, Phil, uh, have you had a chance to check out the guitar from Solar Guitars yet? I haven't had a chance to check out a Solar guitar uh, yet. And the idea that I haven't checked out the Solar, now I'm, I'm assuming that they're going to feel a lot like the uh, Washburns that predate the Solar guitars. And um, I liked those guitars. I actually have a good experience uh, playing them, setting them up, even with the Evertune bridge. So we'll see. I'm again, I'm curious. Uh, I have a friend who just bought a solar guitar and he said he's willing to let me borrow it to do a review. So I think that's going to happen. Uh, and I'm really, really interested in doing that uh, because kind of like the Chapman guitar, I like to review those kind of guitars since they're kind of on my side of the fence. You know, they're all YouTubers, um, you know, not be involved with them in the process of reviewing it. So I don't feel any obligations to them. Uh, and uh, so like, like I said, I'm, I'm curious to curious what we see and I, and actually he had an interesting interesting story uh in the idea that what happened with his purchase and i'll share that in the review too because that was also some interesting stuff that happened to him um ish oh man is shinnery you and shinnery you kid i tried my best shinnery your kid just didn't want to do super chat i appreciate that thank you uh i will put that towards the channel um let's see uh uh, Jake wants to know any chance I'll demo the EVH chorus pedal. Um, I would love to, I have no intentions of buying it. Um, it's not on my wish list of pedals. So if it, if it gets demoed or reviewed or should I say demo reviewed, it will be because, you know, I, I get to borrow one from somebody or I get a loaner from, from, uh, MXR themselves. I don't have any hookups with MXR, even though I'm a huge fan. You know, it's funny, the two the two companies I think I, I, I own the most product from, and pedals without a doubt. I own a massive amount of Boss pedals and MXR pedals. I'm a huge fan. And the funny part is those are the two relationships I have not scored uh, uh, with uh, being a YouTuber, which is funny because you would think that's the company since I think I've done a lot of their products. Uh, but, um, you know, I think they go for the bigger channels. That's what it is. So that's what I noticed. I noticed boss, you get love if you have a kind of a bigger channel, but uh, I haven't gotten much love from the boss people uh, and the MXR people. Yeah. So that's okay. Right. I, I like their products. So I'll just buy it on my own. Uh, Sarang wants to know, Hey Phil, what do you think of the Dario XLR eight? Um, okay. I need to look this up because I think, that is a string. <laughs> I think it's the eight gauge uh, NYXLs, right? Let's make sure before I say something silly because because um, XLR8 also sounds like Accelerate. So I'm like, I'm wondering if it's a product. Ah, XLR8. See, good thing this is why I'm string lubricant cleaner and polish uh, for, for you guys that are uh, here just because I like to share 
with uh, with you guys what I'm looking at. Okay, this is it. You can see right here. I actually have a can of this. They uh, sent me a package when I did the restring event. Um, what happened with the restring event? Uh, I never talked about this, but um, Dario, there was a mess up, and Dario did not get the strings and the equipment to me until the day of the event. In fact, what happened was it arrived an hour after the event started, and the problem was it was sent to my office, which is an hour and like 10 minutes away from that Sam Ash. So my wife was uh, very kind and she went and got it and brought it to me. So I didn't get the stuff from Daddario until about two and a half, three hours into the event. Um, and the Sam Ash guys were great. They were loaning us packs of strings and loaning us stuff to keep us going. But unfortunately, I didn't have time to even look inside the box to see what Daddario had uh, given us. And so there was some of that stuff in there. I just didn't get to use it because I didn't know it was in there. So unfortunately, I don't have an experience with it, even though I have a can of it downstairs. Uh, I'll try and use it in the future. So um, you to uh, sometimes maybe we'll talk about one day. But so, you know, that restring event was riddled with uh, disasters before it started. It's one of those uh, the show must go on. But boy, there was a lot of uh, uh, high stress moments before it started. Uh, let's see. What else you guys got? That was cool. Um, also, if you guys have tried the Accelerate stuff, let, make sure you put it in the comments. Zim's Guitars, but it's Neil here. So it's Neil from... Uh, Neil, Neil's hanging out at Zim's Guitars, and he says, I have a DOD Gronculator. Yeah, the Gronculator? Digitech Dirty Robot Earthquaker Bit Commander. Uh, where to put in pedal chain or just experiment because they are so weird. Um... Well, in the chain, obviously, all of those are going to go in the front end of the amp. So, I don't know. That's a, the dirty robot. Those are some weird pedals, Neil. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you just put them in front of the amp. You know, and, and you already know. You know, it's one of those things I can't help you because I think you should experiment. You know what I mean? Uh, that's that's part of the amazing thing. If I, You know, it's like teach a fish and, you know, teach a man to fish and, and give a man a fish. You'll never, ex if I told you the right order, uh, you'll never experience uh, the, the, the aw awesome mistakes that happen. You know, there's a couple of things I do when putting my pedals in order that I think are wrong in the way that I think the general population of guitar players think. But I've done it through experimentation. Just worked for me. So... Um, what do we have next? Bailey wants to know, hey, Phil, how would you compare the Fender 65 Princeton to the 68 Princeton? Which do you prefer and why? Well, I'm going to give you a hint, Bailey. Uh, I prefer the 68. Now, I had the 65 and I had the 68 and I like the 68 more because the, the 65 uh, is is great. It's clear. It's It's a great amp. The 68 to me is just a little bassier, a little bit more fullness when you're using those strats and those single coils, which is what I use my Princeton a lot for. Just anything to help that anemic situation, you know, right? There's some magic about the strat, but there's something sometimes really thin about it. And uh, so just something to fatten it up. The only thing I don't like about the 68 is the drip pan, the little frame around the, uh, fr the, the uh, screen, which I took mine off. It's stable gunned on there. It was an easy fix. I just took it off. Mine was rattling, actually, something fierce. Uh, it was driving me uh, bonkers, uh, so I took it off. But that's my preference. Um, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, the 68 is slightly less money. I think it's like 50 bucks less. But And uh, I don't know. I like it. 
And usually, you know, that's a, hey, you try it for yourself kind of thing. But I really like the 68. I can't imagine uh, you could go wrong. So. All right. What else do we got? Uh, ah, somebody asked if I heard about the new Mesa Boogie Fillmore 50. That was Jeremy C. Phil, have you heard about the new Mesa Boogie Fillmore 50? I seen the ad. I've even got in my uh, kind of like in my, uh, uh, you know, I get videos and I throw them in queue so I can watch them later. The Andy Timmons. I'm excited. I'm a big Andy Timmons fan. I love his tone, which uh, in fact, he's the reason I own Mesa Boogies. So, you know. Uh, in fact, I think I, it was Andy Timmons that taught me, uh, through watching this stuff. Um, I, I love the, um, uh, strat through the boogie sound, which is what I use a lot. And that's because of him. He's the reason I bought so many of the boogie amps. Um, I am curious, right? The Fillmore 50, it, it looks exciting. It kind of looks like a big, huge kind of fender amp kind of sound. Uh, but I know nothing other than the picture. I'm really curious. Uh, you know, uh, somebody was saying, I wish I could give credit to it. One of my friends was saying either yesterday or today it was last night that Mesa Boogie is still in the fight. In other words, Mesa Boogie is still coming out with great product and still trying, you know, it's, and we were talking about how Marshall's kind of not trying as hard. You know what I mean? Marshall doesn't come out with exciting products. They, it's funny to me. It's like Mesa doesn't, you know, hasn't, said, Hey, we're going to make a modeling app for one ninety nine and just call it a day. Uh, you know, it's like, it's great to see Mesa constantly put out stuff and try to just keep you know keep going and keep the market going for what they got and i think i think i, I just want to give them accolades because there's some great stuff i still absolutely love my mesa boogie mark 5 mini 25 head um i i just do i love it i love it so much it's one of my favorite amps for sure that and my princeton are my two favorite amps without a doubt the archon is definitely a great amp and it's and it's probably third in that list but those two um another great question here that I love is there's two actually I penned them both, but one is, huh? Boss uh, Katan. Oh, okay. Here it is. Dan C says, Hey Phil, this is important Dan because I was talking about this at lunch today. Hey Phil, any thoughts on the victory amps? I'm considering the BD one. So funny story is I, I own the Kraken and mine broke. And then I got another Kraken and it broke. And so that was pretty much the end of the Krakens for me. Uh, and I had the, uh, the sheriff and that was nice, but the amp that I fell in love with was the BD one. And I really love that amp, man. I loved it so much. And I played it all the time. And what happened was a buddy of mine really wanted a BD one. And, uh, and funny was I had an RD one in stock. So I sold him my BD one and got the RD one which is the same amp. So the BD one is black and it doesn't have Rob Chapman's name on it. The RD one is red and has Chapman's name on it. And so I got the RD one and it was when I was, if you look in the original, you know, the beginning of my channel, you'll see the RD one a lot in the background of the videos. And what happened was I was, you know, I, I guess I, I would like to say I was trying to make a name for myself on YouTube, but really I wasn't. But what was happening was as the channel was growing, you know, there was the, what happened was I was getting hammered all the time by the trolls about Rob Chapman. And, uh, I was just telling this again, a friend, the story, I was telling Lawrence this at lunch today. Um, that's funny that this came up. Uh, anyways, um, I, I love that amp and I regret getting rid of it. I actually got rid of my RD one and I regret it ever since. 
Uh, it's my one of my favorite amps. I just love that amp. Now, when I say I love it, there's a weird thing about it. And I will tell you this. A friend of mine said something that I think is very accurate. The BD1, RD1 amp, he said, man, this sounds exactly like an orange. And he goes, and that makes sense because Rob Chapman's a big orange fan. I agree. I think you can buy an orange amp that sounds like the BD1 for a little less. But the BD1, I just really liked it. I really, really did. Um, I think about getting one again. Uh, every once in a while, I look. Uh, you never know. Like I said, I'd, I'd like to get one again. So let the let the trolls troll me anyways. They who cares? Uh, Steve Long says, hey, Phil, thoughts on upgrading the upgrading upgrades for the Jim Jr. Uh, so if you guys don't know, the Jim Jr. is like the Steve I Jim is a thirty five hundred dollar made in Japan guitar. The Steve I plays and they make a guitar called the Jim Jr. Jr. Sorry, Jim Jr. Even though it's junior, it's not smaller. It's the same exact guitar. It just happens to be made in Indonesia. And some of the features are removed. And some of those, of course, are the the DiMarcio pickups and the type of bridge has been downgraded a little bit. He says, uh, so the question is, uh, thoughts on upgrades for his Jim Jr. is the question. Also, what's the red guitar over your left shoulder? Okay, uh, we'll order, I'll answer them out of order. This guitar is an Alvarez Dana Scoop. I actually have two videos about this. Uh, five things you don't know about the Alvarez Dana Scoop. And of course, I have a review of this guitar. Uh, this guitar is, um, I've had a bunch. In fact, somebody was asking me, uh, you know, if I was going to sell this because I, they said they missed out when I was trying to sell it before. I know I had another one. I sold that one. I had three when I started this channel uh, and I sold the other two. I kept this one. I, I just decided one's enough. Uh, that's the one I have. I'll never get rid of it. Uh, it's just a guitar I like having around. I love staring at it. It's a, it's a very important guitar to me in, uh, and just, I don't know. It just is. Uh, so the uh, thoughts on the upgrades for the Jim Jr. Ah, me personally, upgrade those pickups, buddy. Just put some DiMarzios in there, you know, maybe some Steve I pickups, but that's the biggest thing. Uh, and then get a good setup on the guitar, especially, you know, round over those frets and take care of some stuff, make sure it plays great. But other than that, I don't think you should invest. You could put a real Floyd Rose in it, but I, I don't think you'll have a problem with that. I, I wouldn't. I Again, I'm just going to give you the, what would I do? I would upgrade the pickups. So... Keep the original pickup, so if you ever sell it, you can put it back the way it was. Uh, Michael De La Torre wants to know, how loud is the MT-15 versus the LBX-2? Um, you know, I didn't do a, a decibel meter you know, comparison, but I will tell you, uh, perceptionally, the MT-15 feels like it crushes the LBX-2. Uh, what I can tell you is, is that uh, Saturday's video, which comes out at 9 a.m. Pacific time, is the... Um, Tremonti amp versus the Archon review, full review. And in that video, I will uh, talk about it some more. But one thing I will tell you right now that's important is uh, I did the Tremonti MT-15 amp that I have against my Archon 50-watt head. And what I can tell you is, yeah, at some point, they, you know, the MT, like, it gets muddy and it just can't go anymore. You know, volume six or seven, it just, you know, it starts, just can't get louder. But the Archon gets a little louder at 50 watts. Um I, I could tell you right now, there's just, there's, there, if you are in a band and the MT-15 is not loud enough for your band, you're, you're probably playing really, really loud, heavy metal, heavy, heavy stuff where the, you know, where you probably need hundred watt heads anyways. I can't imagine if somebody had a 40 watt amplifier, the MT-15 would not hold its ground. It's the loudest 15 watt ever, amp ever. And Michael, a good video to watch if you haven't seen it is my interview with uh, Doug uh, Sewell, the designer of the amp. And, and so, you know, I had, I specifically asked him in the video, you know, why does this amp seem so loud? You know, I've played a ton of amps and I know it's all subjective and I know there's all these things, but I basically accused them of 
of, of making a louder amp than it is. And he admits it in the video. He says, hey, it's really more like 17, 18 watts. But more importantly, he said that it can be converted within 30 minutes to 55 watts. So uh, because of the fact that it's the way it's made. So yeah, it's it's a loud amplifier. And the LBX is plenty loud, but they're not in the same. They're not in the same play. No, no, no way. So uh, what else do we, what do we have going on? Anyone else? Uh, let's see what you got. Uh, Mark just said, Hey, I got a 2018 Gibson traditional and the low E string catches on the binding on, on the fret ends. Okay. Yep. Any idea how to fix this? Thank you. Yeah. What you have is you have some frets sprout, which is really confusing to me because the binding should be over, uh, over the sides of the frets. The string is catching on the binding on the fret ends. This is really confusing to me. Here's why. Um, what should happen is on a guitar is the frets kind of poke out of the guitar on the neck like this, like a little lip, and then the string kind of hooks over on that. But on a Gibson, the binding, which would be here, right, if the string poked out or the fret poked out, should be over in front of. So that, unfortunately, I would actually like to see because it's something I've never seen before. Uh, and it's the low E string, huh? The catches on the fret ends. Any idea? And you know what, man, Mark, I would love it if you send me a picture. If you could just put, uh, uh send me an email, 2000 Gibson, a, a traditional low E string issue, you know, whatever you got to do and send me a picture of it. I'd love to see it. I'll, I'll respond to it because I'm curious. Um, it's a thing. It's a situation I've seen a thousand times, just not on the guitar you're talking about. So unless I'm missing something, does the 2018 Gibson traditional not have the 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 correct uh, uh, binding over the frets like a normal Gibson? So I know they got. I know there was a couple years ago they did that. So and, and also, so you know, if it doesn't have the fret, the plastic ends covering the the frets like this, uh, then it is the frets, and then you have to have the fret sprout corrected. You can do that yourself. I got a ton of videos. So if you're watching the Sharpen My Axes, I really kind of hammer on that a lot. If not. Uh, you know, you can take it into a local shop and have that done. So you said it's a 2018. I'm assuming it's new. If it's, if you bought it new, don't take that crap from anybody. Take it back to the store and have them fix it. If you bought it online, call, you know, here's what you do. So you guys know a little thing you can do with online. Uh, if you buy a new guitar online, uh, there is something that a lot of people maybe not know. So there's a little trick and something that's probably, you know, good to know information. If you buy a guitar, especially a high-end guitar like that, like a Gibson Les Paul online, and you have an issue with it, what's happened in the past, uh, I've done this. That's how I know. I'm telling you from experience. I've done this. Uh, you can take that guitar to your local repair shop. And when I say I've done it, I mean, I've done the work for, for people. You can take it to a local repair shop and get a quote for the repair uh, and then call the store that sold it to you online and say, Hey, look, this is the issue. Here is a confirm, uh, you know, uh, paperwork from the, re the repair center saying this is the, the problem they found with the new guitar and that you want the, um, you want the store to pay for that. So like I'll give you an example, like a big, a big store chain online store, what they would do is they would just credit you back on your, your credit card or your payment plan, PayPal, whatever the amount or up to an amount. Maybe they'll say, okay, we'll give you $40 of the $62 it is to fix it. I like that option sometimes because sometimes sending something back and getting exchange is great. But if you really like the guitar you have and you don't want to try your, you know, try the, the roulette to get another one, 
Um, that's one thing to do, but also sometimes it's, you know, you may not want to be without your guitar for a couple weeks. So you do have that option, by the way. Um, the, and, and what I mean is also, if you take it to a repair shop and they give you a quote to do a basic report pair, like a fret sprout or something like that, something you think it should be covered. Um, yeah, warranty, definitely look into getting the warranty done, but sometimes on things like that, like say a setup, you know what? That's something I've seen a, a million times too. Again, done it for many, many people. Uh, you, you, the guitar plays horrible. So you go, look, this guitar plays horrible. I need it set up. It's, uh, you know, and, uh, this is what they want to charge, you know, $45 or $55, whatever your local setup is. Some people are, the ranges are like 45 to $75 for a setup. Um, and uh, you say, hey, this is what I want, you know, want done and I want you to pay for it. And uh, a lot of times they'll say yes. And a lot of times they'll offer you a portion of that. And again, either way, why, why not ask? Uh, Carmen uh, says, it's not fret sprout. There is a space between the binding and the fret on two. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I was hoping it wouldn't be. So in that case, it's a brand new guitar. You need to send it back. If not, you take it in for service and have it fixed. Uh, there is definitely, it can be fixed. I've fixed that issue before. I was hoping it wouldn't be that. That's a weird gap issue to have. So, uh, again, you know, what's the point of buying high dollar guitars if you have inexpensive guitar problems? You know what I mean? That's, that's the best thing we all know. You can buy inexpensive guitars right now and put a little elbow grease into them and they play and feel fantastic. But the idea that you're spending $2,000, $3,000 for a guitar that needs the same work that a $300 guitar, $200 guitar may or may not need is unacceptable. You should never take that. Uh, so don't be afraid to say, hey, look, I, I want this I want this addressed. And again, if your concern is, is that they're going to say you're going to swap the guitar for you and uh, you like this guitar, then keep in mind those other options they gave you. Now, if you bought that guitar used, which is very, very possible, uh, you know, just take it in for service. You know what I mean? Also, though, if you bought it used from a reputable dealer, still go to option A, which is ask them for some kind of discount to cover the repair. So Chris says, take it to a Gibson certified repair dealer and get it fixed and feel free or feel free. You can send it back. Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yep. Uh, uh, Ron uh, Gillespie says, Hey, Phil, would you put Fender locking tuners on an Eric Johnson or Yngwie Malmsteen Stratocaster? No, I wouldn't. Uh, you would have to drill two holes. And if you went with the Fender actual locking keys, because uh, those both those guitars have the Clueson style keys. If it was me, I would do either hip shot or ratio tuners with the Clueson adapters or the ump plates and put them on those guitars. Uh, or get the clues on locking keys. If you've seen, I did a video uh, on Tyler Larson's guitar when I did the Sharp Max. I, I put clues on Gibson style locking keys on him, but you can buy clues on uh, Gibson style Strat style keys or six in line keys and put them on there. Direct replacement keys. Don't drill holes in a in a in an Eric Johnson or Ingvay Malmsteen Stratocaster. It would not be my advice. And uh, and I honestly feel that both uh, all three of those options, the clues on locking keys the hip shots and the uh, ratios are better quality tuning keys than the ping style uh, uh, fender locking keys. The only time I recommend the fender locking keys is for the direct replacement pur purpose. The fender locking keys are my least favorite locking keys for quality. Um, but again, direct replacement sometimes is easy and they are inexpensive uh, for the most part. You can pick them up for like $45, $50 sometimes. So something to think about. But in those cases, no, no. Not, not, nope. 
go go something better. Uh demon toy demon toy demon toy demon toy demon toy. Man, you guys can't you just be all named Chuck and Bob and Mike and Dave and Shirley? Okay, so anyways, demon demon toyed dementoid dementoid sure dementoid uh have you ever tried a z god neck i have in fact so you know not only have i tried them i've set up many of them for friends and at the restring event i actually did a, a restring on one as well uh one of the patrons has one a really nice one actually uh it was one of the best looking ones i've ever i've seen on, in person uh if you guys don't know what a z glide neck is it's a, a neck that's available for, by uh, dean Zelensky, and uh, we're going to look it up uh, because uh why not dean uh z glide and there's some fun stuff i'm going to give you some fun stuff the z glide neck is what i call the pineapple neck um and uh, let's see if we go to images. Ah, here you go. We're going to, we're going to, let's find the best picture. There you go. Here we go. Oh, that's tiny. Let's see if we make it bigger and then I'll share it with you guys. Um, come on. Ah, here we go. Look at that. Gotta love. We live in the future, everybody, where we can just share stuff. Here we go. Here's what you're looking at right there. You see that? So basically, like I said, I call it the pineapple neck. The idea behind this was, uh, so, you know, my first experience of this was, uh, when, uh, when they did this was a rep for the company had this neck and he said it was a guitar of custom built for him. He said he plays pool, like, you know, pool table pool. And, uh, he wanted his neck to be like his pool stick and they did this. And I guess apparently, uh, you know, the idea took off and they started doing this. Uh, my personal experience with this neck is they feel interesting. Uh, and interesting is not code for anything. <laughs> I'm not saying, you know, it's not my way of trying to be nice. Uh, it's interesting. It's different. Um, my only issue, I, I'll give you my only negative, is that uh, it's, to me, uh, one of those guitars that it's hard for me to play that and then go back to my normal guitar and then go back to that. I think you kind of want to, you know, um, you know, uh, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's it, I can see where somebody would fall in love with that neck and then never want to play any other neck again. Uh, that's not, that person is not me. <laughs> so, uh, I, I actually, uh, like the necks the way they are now, but it's really cool and different. Give them props for that. Um, the, uh, yeah, a lot of you are now, now you guys are like, what the heck? Um, uh, yeah. Mike says, how does your hand slide on that? You know, uh, it's, it's actually not as, uh, deep and gougy. I know I'm saying pineapple and you're probably it's it putting an image in your head. You're very rough. It's actually very smooth. You can feel it. Um, it's like they, it's like they see, they, it's like they cut all that out and then they sand it over it. So it's a little smoother. Uh, you know, I actually kind of would like it if they would spray, uh, clear coat over it too, on top of that and give it a nice feel, but I'm sure they, maybe they tried that and didn't like it, but it's different. So the downfall of it is that you can only buy them online direct so you have to kind of you know throw a you know uh you know i don't know what do you call it a hell mary at it and hope that you like it uh dennis says z glide reduces friction by lessening the surface area yes uh that is the theory uh, again uh, you know it's uh, there are so many crazy necks look at the look at the strandberg necks you know with all their weird cuts and stuff and that neck is actually very comfortable what i can tell you about z glide is is that uh, the first time i picked one up and and the second time third time now of course the week ago when i was checking out the, the uh the patrons that had it um yeah nothing nothing of it made me go oh my goodness that was horrible you know what i mean uh the uh, you know what i mean it was it was it was fine it's just again not my not my thing hey somebody says it's called a billiard stick see 
I don't play pool. That's that's cool. Bill, billiard stick. Uh, yeah, because it's billiards, isn't it? <laughs> Instead of pool. So, uh, but there you go. Now you've seen a new crazy thing. Hopefully, a bunch of you will decide that this is what you got to have. Uh, so, uh, Indie Trucks 2003 says, dude, your wife hooked me up with an awesome shirt for my Patreon donations, Phil. I'm excited to see it in person. Um, oh, I'm glad. She's been working nonstop this week, man. I. <laughs> Every time I see her, in her by her desk, she has an office with a desk. Every time I see her at desk, she is just working on those shirts, guys. Uh, so, and you know what? I am enjoying it immensely to see all the crazy stuff you guys come up with. Uh, so it, it's cool. It's been fun. It's, I appreciate you guys doing that. Thank you again for for all the sponsorship and help. You guys are the best. And uh, and I'll let her know you you appreciate it because, like I said, she she's done a lot of crazy stuff. This. Uh, last couple of weeks when it comes to the shirt designs and, and, uh, so there you go. All right. Uh, what else do we got? You guys got a lot of cool stuff. I'm going to check real quick. I'm going to go into my log. Um, cause I was pinning some comments. And I don't want to lose them. Let's see what happens. If we go, oops, we go here. Give me one second, guys. Be patient. I'll get back. It's like, we'll be back to the show in a minute. Okay, here we go. It is all right. Uh, okay, Sean Brown says opinion on the DoD preamp 250. All right, let's take a look at that, Sean. Okay, we're going to put it in the search engine and take a look. Some of this stuff I just know by heart, but sometimes ah, the old yellow pedal pedal, yeah, uh, that's not old anymore. It's new again. Um. You know, uh, I can tell you, I saw Andy at Pro Guitar Shops demo it uh, years ago, and I thought it was fantastic. Um, then nothing in me has made me want to reach out and buy that one. You know, DoD is a pedal that I've always kind of respected and liked for what they are. I mean, um, but, you know, nothing. Here, I'll show everybody just so you guys see. Um, screen share. Look at that. All those pedals. And look, here's a picture of a gold one and a yellow one. So there it is. Uh, I haven't tried it, so I just don't know. I've just seen videos like like you and everybody else. Um, so I'm curious. If you guys have tried this pedal, anybody watching it, uh, not only would I like to hear what your thoughts are, but I would like to hear any counter thoughts, like if you've tried other pedals like it as a preamp pedal. So uh, I just I just don't have an experience with it. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I haven't needed a preamp pedal, so... The closest thing I use to a preamp pedal uh, is either a boost with a EQ section in it, or uh, I use a uh, uh, the um, what do you call it? The uh, it's by Dunlop. It's the Echoplex preamp. I'm looking right at it. Echoplex preamp. I like that one a lot, even though it's pro it's I think it's it's one knob. That's all you need. One knob of great tone. I love that pedal. Uh, so I'm not sure it's the same thing, but. Jimmy wants you to know that he likes the DOD Bifet preamp better. So, 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 uh, Justin Mabe did just did a crazy $50 super chat, man. Uh, Justin, by the way, is the guy who is, uh, uh, made the gold top Les Paul. He's the one that had the gold top Les Paul commission shirt made that I love. And, and, uh, it's amazing shirt, uh, says, have you ever played or worked on a Fernandez le one? 
if so, thoughts on it. Also, uh, I see some people asking me, uh, asking what make a pickup hot? Could you please explain? Okay, two good questions. Okay, uh, let's do this yeah, out of order again. Seems to be. Uh, what makes a pickup hot is a good is a good uh, question. And here's why it's a really good question because uh, it's it's terminology that is uh, not real. Okay, so if you guys are into hot peppers, right? Uh, like spicy peppers, you know what the Scoville score is, where we can actually say it's like this is 500 times hotter than a jalapeno. This is 10 times hot, hotter than a jalapeno. Uh, and pickups don't have any kind of logic like that. There is no baseline that I know of that says this pickup is not hot and this pickup is hot. So what what are we talking about? Let's start where pickups start. That's the I think that's the best way for me to think about how pickups are. Uh, pickups start with like the PAFs, right? So you have the Gibson 57s and 50, 1959 style pickups style. And notice I'm saying style. Okay. So everybody's heard of that, right? The PAF, the patent applied for, for pickup. PAF stands for patent applied for. Or the 59s. So if you're a Seymour Duncan fan, they call theirs the 59s. DiMaggio calls theirs the PAFs. Uh, you know, uh, Gibson will call the, like the 57 classics, right? That's before the, the 59s. Uh, anyways, those to me are, those are pickups that are not low output. Those are just humbuckers. Then as humbuckers get hotter, in other words, there's more, uh, there's, uh, uh, usually we're talking about milliamps, you know, right? Uh, or resistance, right? But more importantly, I'll give you an example. Uh, the first hot pickup that anybody remembers is the full, uh, no, not the full, Super Distortion by DiMaggio. That's really the pickup. Everybody remembers it. It's dual cream color, colored uh, bobbins. It was shoved into every Les Paul on the planet. It's really like, that's where DiMaggio kind of made his name. Larry came out with that pickup and it was like, everybody's like, ah, look at what it's doing to my amp. It's pushing this Marshall over. Uh, so that's a hot pickup. Uh, so the reason we call it hot is it's more output. It's, uh, it's pushing the amp harder than the lower output pickups. Like those are previous ones I mentioned. And then nowadays it gets even more crazy than that. There are pickups that, that are, are really high output pickups that just keep pushing amps overdrive like crazy. So a hot pickup is essentially, and single coils work the same way when you hear hot single coils. One of the issues I have all the time is some people will say, refer to as Texas specials as being hot pickups. But comparatively to low output pickups, believe it or not, there are other pickups that are uh, not considered hot single coils uh, that are actually more output than uh, Texas Specials. I think Texas Specials just because of the, you know, everybody kind of pictures Steve Ray Vaughn and his kind of a ferocious, uh, you know, tone and that overdrive. I think that's why they they picture that. Um, but, uh, you know, there you go. Um, all right. On the other question, which is the Fernandez LE, it's a Strat style guitar. Uh, what do I think of it? Um, it's a Strat style guitar. I like Strats. So, you know, when I say I like Strats, I mean, I like Strat style guitars. So uh, I, I, I can't tell you if I've ever played or worked on one. I have played on Fernandez guitars. I've definitely worked on many Fernandez guitars uh, and a lot of the Strat style guitars. I just couldn't remember if it was specifically called an LE1. Uh, but I like Fernandez quality and I like their guitars. I've been happy with all the ones I've touched in the, in the past. And they were definitely like us as Strat clones go. Uh, one of the ones I would recommend. I, it's hard to just say blatantly like, yeah, definitely a great guitar, but that's cool. I hope that kind of, that, that makes sense. All righty. What else do we got? Uh, 
Ah, Bill uh, says this goes back to the the to the uh, to the preamps. He likes the EP booster the best. Uh, you know what? That I have the EP booster. That is a great pedal too to front in front of an amp. Uh, Joe, McCar uh, Joe McCarthy says, Hey, what do you think of the Stumac amp kits? Five watt and 15 watts. I have not checked them out at all. Uh, the only thing I know about them is the Stumac guys. Uh, when I, uh, what did I do? I did the restring tackle box. Uh, I sent them a link to the video saying, Hey, I made this video and it has a lot of your tools in it. Here you go. Uh, Brock was nice enough to say, oh, thanks for the video. It looks great, Phil. Uh, you know, great job. You know, he liked it. And he said, uh, hey, well, we're kind of busy working on amp kits. So I happen to know they're doing amp kits. Don't know much about them yet. So I haven't even checked them out. Uh, so there you, there you go. <laughs> okay, what else do we got? We got some more stuff I'm missing. Hold on. Don't worry. If, if you've done a super chat and I haven't mentioned you guys, just... Keep in mind, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. Just give me a second. Um, what else? Uh, okay, so Sarang wants to know, hey, Phil, what do you think about using pickup covers on an HS Strat straight humbucker? Uh, yeah, I, I love it. In fact, I, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> So, um, I have a video, uh, I don't know if it's going to work. I, I have a video. It's not a video I'm make, uh, making, you know, for YouTube. It's I'm doing something right now. Some, some Frankensteining as you will. I, I have two strats and here's the problem. I love the way one looks and I love the way one plays. I love the neck on one. The one, the one I love way to love it looks, I hate the neck. So I don't know what it is. It's just not, it's not jiving with me. So I'm going to take and swap all the parts of the two strats and try to make one strat out of the one that I like. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll film it. And uh, I think what I'm going to do is in, 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 in the whole, you know, hey, let's let's kind of know your gear. The, know your gear is about like, you know, learning, right? It's knowing not that we know everything. It's literally that we're trying to figure it out. Um, and uh, I thought, let's do this because if it works, hey, I'll have a video where it works. And if it doesn't work, you'll see all the work I just did and then all the work I had to put it back together. What a waste this is. But I haven't experienced with this in the past, by the way. I have done this in the past to great success once and I've done it with great failure once. So I have a 50-50 shot, I think. JoJo wants to know, how's the weather in Arizona? You need a cold beer. Uh, yeah, you know what? It's not hot right now. <laughs> it's been raining. Uh, we're getting monsoon. So it's uh, taming down a little bit. Now, of course, when I say taming down, I mean, it's still 100 degrees, but it ain't no 115 you know what I mean? Those days are, so those are days are, we're, we're, we're going to week off from that stuff. Uh, uh, Indrid, Indrid, Indrild, Indrild Cold says, sorry, Indrild Cold, uh, is Jeff hurting Diamond by not sending out guitars for review? Uh, great guitars that no one ever talks about. Also check out Matthew's effects. Oh, cool. Check it out. Um, I don't know if he's hurting Diamond. Um, I bought two Diamond guitars. I reviewed one and then I put one on the other videos. They were ones I purchased uh, from him. And, uh, and, and in true, tra true transparency, Jeff Diamond, so you know, just because I want you to know, he he said I could have one. That's what happened. He said, "Hey, I, Phil, if you want a guitar, you can have a guitar." He told me it was a, it was a really nice gesture. He basically said, "Go on his website, pick out a guitar, uh, and then he'll mail it to me. I get to keep it and do a review." And I went on his website and I fell in love with a a, a 
two of them. And I said, okay, cool. Send me this one and I'll buy this one. And then what happened was, uh, he's like, well, why don't we just, I'll sell them to you for 50% off, uh, you know, the, the price. So, or dealer cost, that's better way to put it. He sold to me for dealer cost. Um, so I bought two at dealer cost. Um, uh, so I don't think he's hurting diamond. I think he would send out more guitars to review. Um, so I, I just, I, I think if I asked him for a guitar to review, I think he'd send me one. Uh, I, I'm not saying to keep, but I mean, definitely if I want to borrow one and stuff, I, you're the first one. So, you know, to ever ask about diamond guitars, uh, the, uh, the, I think the guitars are, are very good. They're up there with Schecter. They're cool. They're unique. They're interesting, but I, you know, sometimes I do a video and then there's not a whole lot of interest. So I, I don't go back to it, but it's interesting that you mentioned that because I have a high opinion of the ones I I've played. Okay. Uh, Craig Parker says, Hey, Phil, love the show. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Uh, says I have a PRS McCarty hollow body. Oh, that's nice. Hollow body one. So it's got the mahogany back and the maple top, uh, with a Piazzo, uh, pickup Piazzo pizza pickup. I say pizza pickup. Uh, what are your thoughts on using wound third string 11 to 49? I probably play rock and hard rock music in a cover band. Thanks. Uh, I don't personally like it. The wound third on those guitars. Um, they shipped them. I think with a wound third, I think I, I've seen a bunch of them shipped with wound thirds. Um, you know what it is. The wound third to me is so basically what they're doing is they're giving you an acoustic guitar. Acoustic guitars are four wound strings and two cores and electric guitars are three core wires and uh, three wound strings. And they're trying to give you more of an acoustic thing. I find that it's, uh, it does, it just doesn't do, you know what me personally, just, I don't know. I, I, I use, uh, 11 to 49. That's what I would probably use on that guitar. I would probably use 11s, um, either hybrid tens or I, I use 11s and, um, 11s and not a wound third. That's my preference, but let me know. Uh, I'm curious to see Craig, what you think of the wound third. So, but I, I I've tried it on Gretsch too, by the way, I put wound thirds on my Gretsch's. I've wound third is a guitar as a string that I bought a bunch of those packs thinking this is going to give me a fatter, thicker sound. And the problem I have, I should be very specific because it's important. The problem I have is when you hate play, uh, when you play big open chords like big G majors and and you pay pay E and E minor, you know you play the big open chords where you're strumming lots of strings. Uh, uh, the wound third, it, it does sound fuller. Those strings sound fuller. But then when you play individual notes and you play the individual notes on the wound third string, which is a wound G string for you guys there. Yeah. Okay. So wound G string, I found it sound thinner. The notes sound tinnier and thinner. I didn't, I didn't really enjoy it. So that's, that's my experience. Tony says, Hey, Phil, did you get, uh, that Omen six for $200? What are the pickups in it? Uh, they are branded Schecter, but. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I read it wrong. It says, Hey, Phil, I did get that Omen six that we, uh, for 200 bucks. We, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Okay. What are the pickups in it? They are branded Schecter, but uh, did they make their own pickups? Uh, well, they, you know, I don't know if they make their own pickups. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that they, you know, there's a manufacturer overseas that makes pickups and Schecter just brands them themselves. Um, they're, they're okay. They're, they're, you know, good pickups. Uh, I, I think you should be happy. The question I have for you, Tony, is what do, before I, let me start here. Before you ever change out pickups, I'm going to be like a broken record on all these episodes. Uh, before you ever change out pickups, you first have to identify what you don't like about the current pickups. Uh, sometimes uh, when people go, I'm going to change out these pickups and I go, why? What is it about the current pickups you don't like? And they go, I don't know. 
Just I figured if I put better pickups in, it sound better. I'm like, right, but only if you know exactly what is deficient about the ones you have now. In other words, are they too bassy? Are they too mid-rangey? Are they too thin? Are they too, you know, whatever? You know, and that helps you kind of go to the next way. Other than that, um, I thought they sounded fine. Like I said, overall quality, I think you're getting good pickups. For a $200 guitar, man, you've scored. It's a great guitar. Uh, Jim Jeff, <laughs> the guy with two first names. Jim Jeff says, uh, huh. Okay. So he, he's got a telly American special. I see he's abbreviating. I have an American special telly looking for a pickup for the highway one strat. Thought about putting Texas specials in my strat, but maybe something different to compliment. Uh, uh, want a, a reverse round something rw doesn't matter that's okay so the the uh texas specials i like texas specials i like texas specials personally more than the fat 50s pickups uh so you know the fat 50s to me are just too they're too bright uh i like the texas specials but more than those i like the 60s pickups uh, there's a, all kinds that fender makes there's a 69 there's a 62 anything with a 60s i like it i think I think Fender single coils really came into the, the world that I love when they got the sixties pickups, man, the little hotter, less slightly higher output pickups, just a little fatter sounding, a little punchier, just all the way better pickups, uh, in, in my opinion. So, uh, that's all I'll recommend that. And so if it sounds like the opposite of what you like of what I'm saying, then, you know, to go with something anti to what I'm recommending, but if you want that, fuller, fatter. Fitter. To me, a Strat is always a fight to get it to sound fuller. You know what I mean? So uh, that's why I'm like, when everybody's like, oh, these, these pickups are bright and clear and chimey. I'm like, well, that's the guitars. I mean, I stick humbuckers in Strats and they still are bright and chimey. So I don't think there's ever a problem with, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean, with getting that tone. So I'm trying to full, get it fuller sounding. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, what else? Okay. Uh, lefty Mike. Hey, Mike, you don't happen to be left-handed, are you? <laughs> or, I don't know. Wouldn't I feel horrible if Lefty Mike meant that he has like a right eye? I don't know. I just feel bad. All right, Lefty Mike. Okay, Lefty Mike says, re recently got a Godin Exit 22. Found it has alpha pots. Ah, now wondering if I should also change the pickups. Uh, your thoughts, thanks. Uh, no, the Godin pickups I think are pretty good. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of alpha pots, but always keep in mind, some some people are giving me a hard time about this alpha pot thing, that I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not into alpha pots. A lot of people are like, uh, you know, hey, alpha pots are great, Phil. What's your problem? Uh, so here's the thing I want to keep explaining about alpha pots. I don't think they sound bad. I just know they wear out fast. <laughs> so because I replace them all the time. When you replace a lot of stuff, when you fix a lot of stuff, you know, just like a mechanic, right? When you're, I'm a guitar technician. When you repair a lot of stuff on guitars, you start noticing things like certain input jacks you're just constantly doing, uh, certain potentiometers, certain things are wearing out. Alpha pots, if you have alpha pots in your guitar, if you're in a situation where you're gigging a lot and you're going to be putting a lot of abuse on the guitar and you never want to, you know, I never want to take the chance that they go out on stage, maybe go ahead and swap them. But it, no, just when it's time to swap them, put better components in there. But I don't think that's necessarily the thing to do. And a lot of people will say, hey, if you take out the components and you put better components, it'll sound better. Yes. But here's the deal. I would never argue that improving anything on a guitar is not going to give you improvement. The problem is, is the cost, uh, cost benefit. 
you could get 1% better for 10% more of the guitar's cost. In other words, it's a $200 guitar and you spent $20 in parts, but it's a, but you get, you know, a little 1% change. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but it's up to you. Everybody's got to, you know, it's their pocketbook. You decide what you want to do. So me, I will not uh, upgrade guitars for the sake of upgrading them. So, uh, AES Cleese says, Phil, why are the KYG, the know your gear podcast files so large? I have no idea, man. I have no idea how to do it. Uh, I, this is a complaint I've gotten for a lot of people that the files are so big. Uh, it's because however I'm downloading them and then putting them up on SoundCloud, the files are wrong. Uh, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, what happened was uh, everybody said, Hey, can you upload this as a podcast? And, uh, I just did it. And, um, I've never went back and kind of went and tried to figure out what is so large about the files. Uh, that's something I'll try to devote some time to, to improve that experience. You know what I mean? For you guys, uh, it is something I'm aware of, but, um, yes, I know it's wrong, but so, you know, at this point I went with the, at least it's up there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I know it's a uh, horrible and I appreciate you, uh, dealing with it and I promise I'll eventually fix it. Um, but it's, uh, sometimes the, one of the downfalls, not complaining. I'm just explaining. Uh, one of the downfalls of this business model or this thing I'm doing on YouTube is a lot of things like podcasts and Instagram, Facebook, answering emails. There's no revenue in that. There's no money in that. It's all good faith. In other words, I'm community building. We're, we're accessing each other's stuff. Uh, you know, we're getting to know each other. Uh, yes, I think uh, that goodwill pays dividends. You guys have been very good to me when it comes to buying merchandise and uh, sponsoring through Patreon, watching the shows, thumbs upping. Don't forget the thumbs up, guys. Uh, sharing videos, all that stuff. You guys have done done more than your share. I have nothing but thank yous to give out. Um, however, sometimes the problem is, is I got to also manage this uh, when I'm devoting. Sometimes I look up at the clock and I'm like, I spent six hours in one day on a thing that really has zero, like literally not only makes me zero money, but it will never make me any money. Podcasts only make money if you have sponsors. And I use Patreon as my sponsors for these live shows. So because of that, uh, you know what I mean? The podcast, I don't have a revenue stream coming from the podcast. So I'm going to fix all that stuff. I just, unfortunately, uh, a lot of times how you fix that is you hire somebody. I just, I just haven't dipped into the resources to do that. Or I got to do the research to figure it out. If anyone knows what I'm doing wrong, uh, let me know. I will, it will help me fix, fix it. Uh, Sean, Sean says antiquity soap bar pickups in my SC Zach Myers question mark. In other words, should you do that? Heck yeah. The antiquity soap bar pickups are fantastic. Uh, that's a good pickup. If you want a soap bar pickup, that's one of the ones I like. Uh, Jacob says you need to convert the file and then just drag it into audio. So, okay. That's, that's, I, I know I have to convert the file. So I, if I told you guys what I'm doing, you're just going to make fun of me. Uh, I'm literally just downloading it as a, uh, MP4 and then uploading it raw. I know I have to remove uh, the audio and do it that way. Again, it's just an extra strip process. And the reason is, and like I said, I will get to it. The The thing is, is at, when we do these live shows, even though I'm just talking for an hour or so, the thing after, as you guys know, as soon as it's over, I go and I do the time index, which I actually have to watch this whole thing again. And then I stamp all the questions out and then I put all the links. And then when I do that, then I download it and upload. So I'm busy for like another hour and a half to hour and 40 minutes after this uh, doing this. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it just hasn't been a priority for me, but I promise, 
because uh, it's not the first time I heard of it. You know, that's the other thing too. I didn't want to really um, do this. Plus, I need to also do it because uh, on, a, on a side note, it's probably good news. I should tell you guys. Uh, 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 the other thing that was happening was iTunes used to not give you data, so you had no. I had no idea what was going on, and now they started this beta program where they're, they're giving. Uh, uh, content creators data. I had no idea how many downloads were happening until I saw that. And when I saw it, I was in shock. You guys are downloading this as a podcast way, way more than I ever thought. I mean, way more. Like I thought it'd be maybe hundreds or a few thousand. I didn't know you guys were downloading so many, so many people are downloading it as a podcast. So I will definitely get on that. Um, so, uh, okay. Price has a question, but I'm a little confused by it. Is playing music you don't like part of music matration? And um, hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, ah, hey, you know what? I didn't know what it meant. It means the action of or process of maturing there you go you are you win smart guy of the of the video award great great price great way okay so is playing music you don't like part of basically maturing absolutely uh something to note i want to point out i want to make this announcement it's very important to me i will put it on the facebook i will put it everywhere i can my buddy is coming to town i am super excited about it uh, and I am going to tell you, he is one of the most talented people I know. Uh, Larry Mitchell is this fantastic guitar player, a good friend of mine. He's fantastic. And I'm going to go watch him play. So if you are in the Mesa, Arizona, uh, he's going to play Sunday, August 26th at 4 p.m. at the Listening Room. Now, there's there's a reason, Price, why I'm telling you this. First, oh, everybody should check out Larry Mitchell. It'll blow you away. I mean, it's like, just blow you away. So, um... But he said, he did a clinic once, which is on the Know Your Gear uh, channel. It's not on my channel, but it's on my Know Your Gear channel, uh, him, the, the clinic he gave. And in the clinic, he said something that was amazing. He said that if you only play music in your genre, you'll never, you'll never evolve that genre. And I thought, what a fantastic thing to say. You know what I mean? He's like, if you only play what, you know, the stuff you play, you'll never You'll never grow from it, you know, grow out of it. So, yes, is playing music you don't like part of maturing? Yes, I, I agree with Larry 100%. If you don't play music outside of what you do. Um, and the reason I think it's important is here's a good example. Um, I play jazz funk the majority of my life. That's what I play. I love punk rock, so you know. I love punk rock. I play a lot of punk rock for fun. It's awesome. But I've never played in a punk rock band. Um in bands, I have mostly played jazz funk, <laughs> which if you watch my channel, that's not what you would get from anything. Uh, and the reason is, is because people don't respond to jazz and funk as demo for product. And most product is geared towards rock. So you demo it rock to demo rock product, uh, rock and roll metal product. Um, but yes, so I have had to learn uh, genres that I'm not familiar with because of the fact that, you know, like I said, I'm rooted more into a, a funk style. So there you go. All right. Uh, we're at the last, we got to scoop up the last couple ones before we go. What else? Uh, I just want to make sure I don't lose anything. 
we had a good turnout guys over 800 850 of us hanging out today i appreciate you guys like i said make sure you do the thumbs up thing to help and share you know kind of help the videos along and stuff i appreciate that so much uh so uh Oh, Matt Harrison says, hey, Phil, are there any guitars or amps on your bucket list? Um, you know, the only guitar I've never owned that I've always wanted to own is a Steve I Universe Swirl guitar. It is at this point priced to the point where I'm never going to buy one. Uh, if I was to win millions of dollars in the lottery, I don't think I'd spend seven, eight thousand dollars for that guitar. Um, it's just it's just not not me. You know what I mean? Uh, so, so there you go. Um, but that being said, uh, is it on my bucket list? I guess, you know, if I ever find one for the price that I would be willing to pay, uh, that's a guitar I would like to own. Uh, main reason is I own a couple of Ibanez seven strings and they play the same way. Uh, amplifiers. Mm, no, there's nothing on my bucket list. There's nothing like at this point I would, I would really like to own. Uh, so no, <laughs> Uh, in fact, you know what the biggest, uh, the biggest thing on my bucket list, uh, for musical gear ever in my life, uh, the dream, the magic, you know, as you will, the, you know, when you guys, you know, dare to dream the thing, you know, like, Oh, a custom, my own artist guitar with my name on it. Uh, it's never appealed to me. You know what it is? Uh, it's ironically, it's right behind me. Uh, it's that bass right there. My dream has always been to own a custom made war, uh, Warwick bass, uh, and, and because of the GitCon, I was able to do that. Um, Warwick custom made me the bass. That's a bass that, just for you guys to understand where I'm sitting at in, in the world with this, every guitar you're, that's in this screenshot right now, oh, and that's including this, I to buy that bass at what they would charge a normal person for it, I'd have to sell all those guitars. That's what would make that bass come in my house. So that is my bucket list. I, it's a good point. I want to thank the Warwick guys because literally that was crazy. That bass, so you know, has an $8,000 street price on it. That's right. It's like 10 grand retail. $8,000, $7,999 street price. As you guys know, if you watch the channel, I'm never paying that ever. So they gave me my bucket list. And because of that, um, you know, I don't have one now. <laughs> so thank, thank them for that. Yeah, see, uh, Paul Cartwright says, me too, I want a Warwick. Yeah, I, I literally, I played uh, uh, the inexpensive, uh, but when I say inexpensive, I mean expensive, inexpensive Warwicks. I always played the used. I own tons of Corvette Warwicks used, you know, ones you could get for the twelve to $1,500 range. And then finally, finally, I bought a $1,600 Warwick and used to drool and dream about the three and $4,000 Warwick, Warwicks. And then finally, I got to a point where I was like, I need to just... Uh, uh, Dr. Noberson said Warwick is almost as overrated as Ivan is. You, uh, sir, have no idea what you're talking about when bases are uh, concerned. Warwick is not overrated. Uh, they are highly respected for a ton of reasons. There's uh, there's always an opinion out there about anything, uh, but uh, there's nothing at the Warwick uh, level that is uh, is uh, overrated because here's why. Um, Warwick doesn't make that many instruments. There's nothing to be overrated about. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there's literally Ibanez makes millions of instruments and Warwick makes hundreds. So maybe thousands. So yeah, they're not in this, they're not in the same world. Um, but, uh, on that note, uh, yeah, it was just some, their, their bases are obviously highly refined, just very expensive. Uh, let's see. Uh, do you play it? I play it every day. 
Yeah, absolutely. It it literally, so you know, it's it is 20 years, no exaggeration, of I've been wanting that base for 20 years. I knew exactly. So you know, when I went to Warwick, I knew exactly when they when we talked, I said I, I knew exactly what I want. Uh, I was able to give them the design down to the detail. Uh, of what I wanted, the woods, the combinations, the everything. Uh, it was it was easy. It it probably took me a total of. In fact, uh, I can tell you, Marcus, which is the guy at Warwick that helped me design it and and go through all the features when we custom laid it out. Uh, he was in shock. It probably didn't even take thirty minutes, from the minute we sat at his desk and opened up his computer to the minute we were finished with the designs of the instrument. Because I literally go, this is what I want. I want this body, this neck, this scale, these frets, these pickups this style, <laughs> this weight, this, you know what I mean? This piece of wood, uh, you know, everything. So yeah, just something I've been wanting for that long drooling over Warwick catalogs. Uh, cause Warwick's great. There's so, you know, Warwick's just one of like four or five companies that are just make high end bases that are just nice. So, all right. Uh, yeah, here's one, uh, de piece, uh, whatever deficit, Sure. <laughs> Since I have a work streamer standard, no longer produced, that was German made, but more basic in mid price. Yep. It was awesome. Never goes out of tune. Yeah. I, right. Well, that here's the deal, man. These Warwick's not one of those, uh, uh, you know, companies that are like, they don't, they don't deal any hype or anything. They just like, you know, they make really nice instruments. So that's just their thing. You know what I mean? Um, and then we'll finish up. We'll give it, uh, we got two more quick ones. Uh, DPC also said Warwick has the best customer service in the industry. I once emailed customer service and, uh, and HP himself answered. Yeah. So, you know, I have a funny story and then we'll end on that. Uh, so, uh, yes, Hans Peter, Hans, uh, Peter is the owner of Warwick and, uh, some people like him. You know, some people have issues. Uh, I, I can't tell you that. I can only tell you this. He's always been nice to me uh, at the event. And I'm, I'm a nobody. You know, it's not like I went there and I'm like, you know, he had no reason to be nice to me. Um, uh, but what I will tell you is this. <laughs> when I was, I got to hang out with him for about four hours at the event. And when I was hanging out with him, he was very nice. And he gave me all the attention in the world you can give somebody with uh, doing stuff. But he was constantly answering the phone and helping customers. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, um, what I can tell you is if you are a Warwick customer and you call Warwick, uh, getting the owner of Warwick on the phone is as effortless as anyone can ever want it to be. So yes. Uh, there you go. And Damon Daughtry says, Hey Phil, how do you fix a loose input jack or output jack, depending on you, you want to say it, by the way, I'm not giving you crap. I call it input jack too, even though it's an output jack. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong. Maybe we say input because the plug goes in it. Maybe we say output because the signal goes out of it. doesn't really matter. Everybody knows what we mean. On an acoustic electric guitar, well, ironically, I have a video on that. I will put a link in the description to explain the little trick I use, and I'll make sure it's in there on the rebroadcast so you can watch that video, and uh, and that will help, I hope. Uh, so, so. Uh, and then James, since we're on bass time, we're going to do bass. Uh, James McDonald says, Phil, what do you think of the current rum, uh, Fender Runnable lineup? That's uh, what I use, buddy. I don't know if I can. Yeah, I can't. I got them right here. My Rumble's right here. I have a Rumble 40 and a Rumble 25. Love them. Rumble stuff, cheap. Sounds good. I don't know. What else could you want? 
So, and uh, <laughs> so, uh, Zim's guitar says, "Boss Metal Zone is the greatest pedal ever, ever," with an exclamation point. And it's important that you know that. <laughs> so, the uh, it's been around a long time, a long time. You know, so you know, I, so I don't bust uh, uh, Zim's guitars. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> he happens to know there's a video coming uh, next week. There's a video on the Metal Zone because if there's one thing you guys know about YouTube, if you're a YouTuber, you have to do a Metal Zone video. Uh, I promise to have the most unique Metal Zone video ever. Whether it's good or not, I won't ever say. But I promise it, it is the most unique Metal Zone pedal, uh, pedal video ever. Uh, Thomas Matthews, one pet peeve. I'm going to let you know. It says, Phil, can you please answer my question? No, you have to repeat your question over and over again. I'm sorry, buddy. It's like I can't find, like if I scroll up, I try. Whenever you guys say, please answer my question, I hate it that, it, oh, here it is. I hate it when you cover, just always just copy paste your question. You know, I'll, I'll get to it. It says, uh, I have a 1998 Korean Gibson Epiphone Les Paul. When I bend the third string, the plastic at the top where the strings go, the nut, uh, through makes a straining sound. Yeah. What should I do? Okay. Easy. What you need to do is, uh, that's your G string and that's, uh, okay. You need to first take a pencil just today, just take a pencil and stick a pencil in there, put some of that graphite in there. Um, or, uh, you can use some, uh, you can use Vaseline. I wouldn't use that, but you can use petroleum jelly it works too, but you got to lubricate those slots, lubricate the slots and see if that and see if it fixes the issue even for a little bit. If it does, that's the first step. It looks like the nut just needs to be cut correctly. Um, what happens is, is that even though the guitar is old, 1998, you know, it's 20 years old, uh, the nut is, I don't know if it's the original nut or not, but if it is, even if it's been there for a time, what happens is, yeah, the, the strings kind of work their way through and they kind of make everything work. But then over time, they kind of cut in and make new problems. So it sounds to me like you have a binding issue, the strings binding in the nut, 99 percent of all tuning issues come from the nut the the nut not being correctly done so it has to be done that's this how it goes and then the last we'll say ryan Har harper says hey phil have you ever heard of grass guitars uh ak or santo guitars you should check them out uh i think you'd like their stuff and they are affordable that is interesting i would like to check them out so i'll say it in the, uh so i'll index it grass guitars ak or santo guitars i will check them out it's always cool to hear about new guitars um so very cool as always guys i want to thank you uh for hanging out with me on this friday doing the chat doing all this stuff some cool announcements that are probably interesting maybe i don't know there's a video tomorrow that's going to be the archon versus the tremani amp uh just to so you guys see how that worked out and then uh there's going to be a lot of videos uh because i held back some videos over the last two weeks and so they're all ready to go so i'm just going to launch them all really quickly so there you go <laughs> there's that uh including this metal zone video that hopefully you guys like otherwise like i said it'll promise to be unique as always guys thank you so much for hanging out with me uh we, we hit some pretty cool numbers today and uh and you guys are the best and uh, I'll make sure my wife knows you guys like the shirts as always. And until next time, uh, know your gear.